want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I will be discussing how to make investing goals for the new year. With the start of the new year, it is a great time to discuss annual goals. I will outline my personal investing goals for the year and discuss how I recommend that you think about your personal investing goals. Before I get started, I want to make a short request. If you haven't already, please consider giving this podcast a rating and review. You can simply hit pause and rate this podcast in your podcast player or rate it after the show. And that would I would really appreciate that because your ratings and reviews help me to grow the podcast audience. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please like and subscribe for future videos. Thank you for your support. So, how to think about investing goals. See, we're going to start with thinking about how you should consider your investing goals before we get to the parts of your process that I think are worthy of the goals. And finally, we'll conclude with discussing my personal investing goals for 2020. So it's a brand new year, 2020, and it's an obvious time to start considering your investing goals for the year. Now, if you're like most people, you're going to immediately jump to how much money am I going to earn? How much money am I going to save? How much is my portfolio going to grow this year? What am I trying to do? How close am I to my financial goals, like financial independence, retirement, that sort of thing? But what I want to talk about today is your investing process, because the important thing to remember out about goals is that you need to focus on that which you can control. You don't control your investing outcomes. You don't control what your portfolio balance is at the end of the year. You can only control your investing process. So I don't want you to put down any investing goals that say my portfolio is going to be X on December 31st, 2020. That's not going to help you. You see, any goal that explicitly mentions a specific investing outcome is bound to result in disappointment and frustration. So if, for instance, if your goal is to earn a 10% return this year or a 15% return this year, you can replace that 10% with whatever number you like. It's not a helpful goal. Because you cannot control whether your portfolio earns 10%, 15%, or negative 30%, or plus 100%. You don't control the outcome. All you control is your investing process. So when you're thinking about your investing goals, you need to think about your process. What are the decisions that you're making each day? How are you going about thinking about your stocks? How are you going about researching your stocks? What are your habits? You need to think about all these things that go into 
what your actual buy and to sell decisions are because those buy and sell decisions will drive your investing outcome. But you really need to get before those buy and sell decisions and say, what are you doing that creates that buy decision? What are you doing that creates that sell decision? How are you managing when you hold your investments? What are you doing to manage your emotions? What are you doing to find new ideas? What are you doing to build out a network? And those are the types of things you want to be thinking about. You really need to focus on that process. So what are some parts of your investing process that I think are worthy of goals? Now, there's all sorts of goals you can come up with, and there's obviously more parts of your process than what I will be discussing today. But I'm trying to give you ideas, ideas that help you make improvements this year because it's a new year, it's a new decade, the 2020s could be the best investing decade of your life, the year 2020 could be the year that you get started on a new investing journey that you really start to build yourself as an expert in investing. And if you want to do that, you need to think about your process and I want you to consider these five areas as potential areas worthy of writing a goal for this year. So first and foremost is your research process. How does your research process work? How are you considering different companies? How many companies are you looking at each year? Could you grow the number of companies that you look at each year? Could you expand the type of companies that you're looking at? What is it that draws you to certain investments? And you can do this based upon looking at what you've done in the past. You can look at other investors, but really think about your investing process. What is it that you've done in the past? What did you do in 2019? And how can you change this for the better going into 2020? And you really want to challenge yourself to find the ways that your process can be improved. What are you going to do to help make your portfolio get to that 10% return? What are you going to do to help your portfolio get to that 15% return? And that means that you need to make a goal to improve your research process in specific ways. You need to make specific actionable goals. If your goals aren't specific and they aren't actionable, they're not going to help you improve. They're not going to lead you to the result that you are seeking with your investments. So you need to be aware of that and you need to understand that only by making these goals clear, actionable, specific, will you make progress. So I want you to think about improving your research process. The second area that I want you to think about is improving on your investing habits. Your investing habits are the things that you do each day, the things that you do each week that relate to investing. How often are you checking your stocks? What are you reading about investing? What methods do you use to keep up with the companies that you currently own? Which, how do you gain insight into new ideas? Who's giving you new ideas? Are you seeking out new ideas? Are ideas coming to you? How are you receiving those ideas? What's the signal to noise ratio in terms of investments for you? 
how much idea generation are you getting versus how much noise are you having that just causes confusion? Are you reading articles every day but not making any new investment decisions? You need to find the areas and the habits that are preventing you from becoming a better investor, and you need to eliminate them. And you need to identify new investing habits that will help you become an even better investor this year. The third area to focus on is growing your circle of competence. And this is very clear that it's important because you hear it all the way from the top, all the way from the Warren Buffetts of the world. We'll talk about your circle of competence all the time. And if you're not aware of what that means, circle of competence is the area of stocks, the types of companies that you understand, the types of companies where you can make an investment and be reasonably assured that you understand what you're doing when you make that investment. That's not to say that the investment's going to work out. That's not to say that you're going to make the profit that you want to make or that you are right about that company. It simply means that you understand the business model of that company. You understand what it means to make an investment in that type of company. And so you, if we think about what this means, it's like, do you understand banks? Do you understand tobacco companies? Do you understand manufacturing companies? Do you understand service companies? How much do you understand software companies or the SaaS business model? These are the types of things. Now, for some of those listening, they might not understand any of these types of companies, and that's okay. Others might understand all of them. The point is identify and be very clear about what your circle of competence is, and then choose an area to grow that circle of competence this year. In 2020, what type of company are you going to learn about that is going to help you take the next step as an investor because you only have a certain number of years in your invested lifetime. Reasonable investing lifetime might be 25 to 50 years. There's only so many years that you have. So you need to take points in each year, learn something new, grow that circle of competence, expand your opportunity set because the more you can do this over time, the greater potential you have for positive investing performance in the long term. So number three was grow your circle of competence. Number four, building a network of investors. You know, one of the things that I have learned the most in 2019 is the importance of an investing network. And so in 2020, You'll hear me talk about in a bit about growing my investing network, and I encourage you to think about growing your investing network. How many investors do you know that you can talk about an investment with? How many investors can you bounce ideas off of? How many investors, other than yourself, are going to consider you when they're thinking about an idea and they want to bounce off that idea with you? How much interaction do you have with other investors? If you're like me, there's not a lot of people in my day-to-day life that are as interested in investing. And if you're a DIY investor as opposed to a professional investor, this is going to be quite common. You might not know a lot of people in your day-to-day life that like to talk about investments. Maybe you do, but if you do, it might be one or two. So build a network of investors. If you're a professional investor, you need to be important you need to be focused 
on growing your network outside of those you interact with on a daily basis. If you're a professional investor, you probably have people you bounce ideas off of all the time. It might be a one, two, three, four, five people in the office. It might be your investment team, your portfolio manager if you're an investment analyst. But try and grow that audience, that network beyond your company. It's very easy to have a network at your company. It's harder, but potentially more rewarding if you grow that network beyond your company. So think about building a network of investors. And if you've already built one, grow that network this year and be very clear what that means. Be very clear about what success means to you when you talk about growing your network of investors. But I think this is a critical area for you to consider for an investing goal in 2020 because having that network will help you make better decisions. These people will be able to help you know if you're making a mistake and they're going to be able to help you find and identify ideas you might not have had otherwise. Number five. Focus on refining your investing strategy. And by refining your investing strategy, it's very different from the first one where I'm talking about your research process. In number five, I'm talking about finding your weaknesses. What are the weaknesses in your current investing strategy? Do you know what they are? If you do, you should be fixing them. And if you don't, Be assured you have some weaknesses. Everyone has weaknesses. Even the Warren Buffetts of the world have investing weaknesses. So what you need to do is you need to refine your investing strategy, identify those weaknesses, and then work to overcome them and eliminate them in this year. So this one's really easy. I think it's always good if every single year you at least have a goal to eliminate one investing weakness. But you should think about how you're going to do that. How are you going to identify those weaknesses so that you can then work on eliminating them? So these are the five parts of your investing process I think are worthy of investing goals this year in 2020. And I think you should think about them and write them down, make the goals, make them public, and then go to work. Because only by working on your process and working to get better will you become a better investor. And whether you're a DIY investor or a professional investor, improving your investing process is likely to improve your outcomes in the long term. So again, we had your research process is number one. Investing habits is number two. Growing your circle of competence is number three. Building a network of investors is number four. And number five is refining your investing strategy. Find those weaknesses. So let's dive into my personal investing goals for 2020. My first and most important investing goal for 2020 is in this area of research process. And my goal for this year is to identify one company worthy of investing 20% of my portfolio in. And then the second part of this goal is to actually invest in that company. And The second part is way more important than the first. It is critical that when you identify a company that's high quality, that's a good deal, a good price, that you actually take the step of investing. You have to do that jump and make the investment when you find such a good deal. So it's not simply that you improve your process such that you can find these companies. You actually have to build the conviction And conviction is so key. You have to build the conviction to go out and purchase the company. 
You have to build the confidence that this company is safe for you to invest in. You have to build the confidence that this company is a company you can hold long enough to get a high return. And then you have to build the confidence that this company will take the actions that lead to people being interested in giving you a high return. So how might I do that? And it's always good to break these goals down into subsections where you really dive into what are the steps that make this happen? Because again, we need to focus on the process. You don't control outcomes, you control the process. And the first thing that I would do is think about, okay, well, how do I filter through companies? Well, the more companies I can filter through, the more likely it is that I find a company worth investing in. So I might set a goal of reading one 10K a week, and this would allow me to read over 50 10Ks this year. And perhaps after looking at over 50 companies, I might find one worth investing 20% of my portfolio in. I think that's a good sub-goal here that can lead me to successfully finding companies worthy of putting 20% of my investing portfolio in. Second part of this would be focus on identifying high-quality companies. I like to invest in high-quality companies. High-quality companies are predictable. High-quality companies are less likely to lose me money, and that gives me a greater conviction and confidence when I'm making that initial investment. So if I can only look where I think businesses are likely to be high quality, if I'm filtering by industries that are high quality, then that means the 50 companies I read a 10K on, if they're all somewhat expected to be high quality, I can improve the number of companies that I sort through. So if I search through, you know, if one out of every five companies I look at is high quality, and I actually read all those 10Ks, well, now I'm only reading 10 high-quality companies. But if instead, one out of every five companies I look at is high-quality, but I can quickly filter those, I might look at 250 companies across the year to reach the 50 that I actually read about. The next part is to focus on cheap companies. So while I like to invest in high-quality companies, I only like to invest in cheap companies as well. So I want to invest in cheap, high-quality companies. What this means is that if I'm going to, f- if I need to find a company to put 20% of my portfolio in this year, then the quality companies I'm seeking out should also be cheap. If I'm not trying to buy an investment immediately, or if I'm not trying to put money to work this year, then I can simply read about high quality companies and I could ignore what the current price is because at some point in the future, those companies are likely to be cheap. But if instead my goal is to dedicate a new 20% investment this year, then that means that I need to focus even deeper on high quality but currently cheap companies. Now, this is hard. And It's a threshold that is not going to hit for everybody. If you don't need to make an investment of that size this year, then you can focus simply on the high quality part. The last part that I'm going to really key on, and this really drives my confidence when I'm making an investment, is I want to focus on companies that are capital light. I prefer capital light companies because they have the ability to distribute a large amount of cash to shareholders. And as a shareholder, I like that. As a shareholder, I want to receive dividends. I want to receive buybacks. I want to receive cash in my account that I can use to make new investments without having to sell 
the company's shares. Now, I don't need that. That's not a requirement. And if they're capital light and they're using that capital grow, that's even better if they're able to do that at high returns on equity. But I'm looking for capital light businesses because those tend to give me additional confidence, which I need when I'm making an investment in a concentrated portfolio. Because the idea with my portfolio is to own five companies that are in 20% of the portfolio each. That means each one of those five companies has to meet all three of these characteristics. They need to be high quality, they need to be cheap, and they need to be capital light so they can give me a lot of cash back to make new investments. And so I'm filtering through, and each of these things, if they're all a 20% thing that meets it, I might be able to look at a thousand companies but only read 50 10Ks and I'm filtering through a lot because I'm filtering by cheap, I'm filtering by quality, and I'm filtering to find capital light businesses. And by filter, I don't necessarily mean a screener. I can also just mean by when you're reading about a company, you can quickly sort in your idea in a few minutes to see whether it meets this criteria. A quick search of the stock price can tell you, you know, if the stock price is trading below a PE of 10, it's probably cheap. If the stock price is at a PE of 30, it's expensive. So you can quickly filter out those expensive companies if you're trying to meet this investing goal. So let's move on to my second area. The second area I touched on was investing habits. So my goal for 2020 is to identify and eliminate one bad investing habit that I'm currently doing and implement at least one new investing habit that should have a positive outcome. In 2019, my focus was on removing investing noise from sources like CNBC. I was trying to remove my exposure to news media covering investing. And I did this by doing two things. The first was, as I stopped going to CNBC. Now, CNBC might not be your problem. It could be the Wall Street Journal. It could be Bloomberg. It could be any number of things that you are using to get investing news. And maybe this isn't your goal, but for me, I was trying to remove myself from general investing news because I did not find it helpful to my investing process. I replaced that habit by subscribing to a daily news email from Seeking Alpha. So Seeking Alpha has a daily snippet email, and I get that email once a day at six in the morning where I can know what are the key topics in the news today? And there's a short two-sentence summary of each of the key topics that are being discussed in the news today. I can read them over. And I've reduced my news intake from potentially hours of investing news intake down to about five minutes or less because I get a single email, covers the main topics, I read the summaries. If it's relevant to my investments, then I can dig in deeper. If it's not, I've only dedicated five minutes to it and I can move on. That was my focus for 2019. Maybe that's what you should focus on this year. Maybe not. But in 2020, I think my goal is to only check stock prices once a week. This is something that Jeff Gannon on the Focus Compounding podcast talks about a lot, is that he only checks stock prices maybe once a week or once a month. That has been a theoretical goal for me for a long time, is to reduce the amount that I treat look at stock prices. And I think I've done decently well over 2019, moving from multiple times a day to about once a day. 
But I think in 2020, I want to take that one step further and go from once a day to once a week. And this is hard because when you're investing, you have a lot riding on the outcomes of your decisions. And it's really easy to look at your investments and to watch the stock prices, see how you're doing. But any time spent looking at stock prices is time not spent researching new investments or validating the investment thesis on your current stocks. So you really want to focus on the actions that help you make better decisions and eliminate the actions that are slowing you down. And here I think I'm spending too much time looking at stock prices, even if I'm only looking at them once a day. So my goal is likely to look at them once a week on Friday or Saturday to see how stock prices changed the previous week and to not look at them during the week. Now, what I might have to do in order to do this is to com- is to remove the stock app from my phone or move it to a place that's not easy to see. And I'm still working out how I'm going to work this out, and I haven't been successful yet. But my goal is, at least during 2020, but definitely by the end of the year, to only be looking at stock prices once a week. So the next area that I want to focus on for my investing goals is growing my circle of competence. In 2020, I really want to better understand banks and the banking industry. So I've made some investments in banks so far, um, but I've struggled to dedicate a large percentage of my portfolio, and I've been unable to put 20% of my portfolio into a bank because I don't fully have the confidence and conviction necessary to do so. So therefore, when I'm really want to do in 2020 is learn more and more about investing in banks. I think banks are fertile ground for new long-term investments, especially because interest rates are low. So I want to focus on building expertise as a bank investor in 2020. The fourth area that I have to discuss for my investing goals is building a network of investors. So I think in 2019, I've learned a lot about the importance of networking and the importance of networking with other investors. I talked about that a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I want to continue this in 2020. You've seen me make these actions over the course of 2019. I've started to interview other investors on the DIY Investing Podcast. I'm starting to bring in new ideas, new thoughts that I can learn from and you can learn along with me. And I hope to continue this in 2020. So my goal in 2020 is to interview at least 12 different investors on my podcast. Each interview teaches me something new about investing, and it grows my network of investors that I'm able to learn from and source ideas from. And I think that would be helpful too for my audience. So as my audience, I want you to learn from these different investors. I want you to hear their ideas, and I'm going to commit to trying to pull the information out of them that I think is most helpful to me and most helpful to you. And by doing so, I'm hoping that I can grow my network through the people I'm interviewing, but also with you. If you're receiving a lot of value from these interviews, please let me know. Please tell me what I can do better too. You can email me at trey at diyinvesting.org. That's T-R-E-Y at diyinvesting.org. And I will take that feedback about the people I'm interviewing and about my interviewing style, and I will improve in this year. 
Also, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Trey Henniger, and there's a link in the show notes where you can give me that feedback and you can network with me about your investments. I love to discuss investments. I love to talk about the stocks that I'm investing in, and I like to talk about new ideas. So if you have some really good investment ideas and you want to talk about them, reach out to me on Twitter, reach out to me through email, and we can discuss them because I think that's the best thing that can help me is to build my network of investors, is to network with you, my audience, and network with the people I'm interviewing on the podcast. In addition, in 2020, I want to grow my Twitter following to surpass a 1,000 followers. I have found that FinTwit, or Financial Twitter, to be a huge boon in helping me learn more about investing this year, this past year in 2019. As I connect more with other investors on Twitter, I'm hoping to become an even better investor. I've seen that over the last year, and I believe in 2020, I can take that to the next level. As I grow that network, I grow it to over a 1,000 followers. So that would mean roughly doubling my current following, which is around 475, 500 followers as I'm recording the podcast. So it could double my following in 2020, which of course, if you did that forever, you'd end up with more people (laughs) in your following than exist on earth. But for 2020, I think doubling my following to over a thousand followers would be a nice successful goal to show that I'm reaching out, I'm connecting with more investors. I'm building that network that I can source ideas from. It can help give me feedback about my write-ups on the blog, my podcasts, my discussions of different companies and different investments. So please, this goal is really participatory with you. If you're on Twitter and you're not following me, please follow me at Trey Henniger. And that again, that link is in the show notes. And connect with me. Tell me your investing ideas. Let's talk investing. Um... If you think you have a really good contribution to come onto the podcast, let me know. Give me that pitch. Let's tell me what we we can talk about. Show me what you've written. Show me your investing ideas and let's talk about them and find ways to improve as an investing community. And I hope to do that with building the network through this podcast and through my connections with people on places like Twitter. So, The fifth area of my investing goals is refining my investing strategy, finding my weaknesses. Now, the first thing I'd say is if I knew what my investing weaknesses were that I would discover this year, it wouldn't be a goal. If I know an investing weakness of mine and I haven't fixed it yet, then there's something wrong. So as an investor that's constantly trying to learn, constantly trying to get better, I'm going to simply plan on finding those weaknesses through a strategy. And my strategy for finding those weaknesses is to complete a post-mortem analysis on each of the companies that I sold in 2019 to see what I can learn from those investments. Now, I've sold probably four to five, six stocks in 2019. Um, I'll have to go back and look at them. I believe I've done at least one, I've only done one post-mortem for my 2019 investments. And so I need, I have five or six to catch up on. And my goal is to complete those post-mortems. I will write them, publish them on the blog, and I will also discuss them via a podcast. So if I'm completing this goal, you will notice because you will see a podcast being released for each of the investments that I made in 2019 and that I have sold out of. I don't publish my postmortems for stumps, cocks, 
for stocks that I'm still buying or that I might be out of only temporarily for whatever reason. But you will see the postmortems for all the companies that I've sold and I've moved on to new investments in. My goal is to learn from every investment that I make. And I can only do that if I truly document what the successes and failures were in my investing process along the way. Again, I don't control my investing outcomes and neither do you. All I control is my investing process. So after each of my investments, I need to focus on improving that process by documenting what went wrong, what went right. This is the mental model known as resulting as talked about by Annie Duke And she's written books about how to make better investing decisions. And I will link to one of those books in the show notes. But I encourage you to think about whether you're evaluating your investments by their results or whether you're evaluating your investments by your process. And you're only going to get better if you focus primarily on what was the process you made and how do you make that process better. If you do that, you should see improved investing results in the long term. So I wish I'd completed those postmortems already in 2019, but I should have time to complete them in 2020. And then my goal would also be as any investments I sell in 2020 would also have a postmortem created in 2020 in addition. So we'll see how I do with those investing goals. I think these are great areas for you to consider for your investing process as well. Again, there's five areas that you should consider. That is number one, your research process. Number two, your investing habits. Number three, growing your circle of competence. Number four, building a network of investors. And number five, refining your investing strategy, finding your weaknesses. In summary, focus on improving your investing process. Only by focusing on what you can control and improve on will you actually see long-term improvements in your investing results. Simply making a goal to improve investing results will not help you. You have to identify your weaknesses and eliminate them. Meanwhile, grow and build on your strengths. Over time and executed on each year, you should become a much better investor. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's show, are available at diyinvesting.org slash episode 58. Finally, remember, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you've gained value from today's content, please consider becoming a premium DIY investing member and supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at diyinvesting.org slash P-A-T-R-O-N. Your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investment content without any advertisements. If you can't support the show financially, but you still want to support the show, please leave the podcast a rating and review in your podcast player. The podcast is now over, so you can take the time to do that right now, and I would really appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you can get more investing content and help me grow my audience. Thank you for listening, and until next time, Stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor.
The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.